0: Alright, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good.
1: All time.
0: If you believe that, give me an amen. amen. Quickly, let's open our Bibles again to the book of Luke chapter 1. The book of Luke chapter 1. We want to declare the same thing that Mary did. We are going to read from verse 46 and read to verse 55. Just jump the first three words there. The first three words says, and Mary said, and I want us to be the ones to say, do you get my point? Yeah. So we're well, the ones that are going to say, that's why I said jump the first three words, not as if there's anything wrong with them. Are you there? Yes, sir. All right, please just open to the book of um, Luke chapter one. Please read the, from the New American Standard, and I want you to read it loud. Don't whisper. All right, if you are ready, say amen. Amen. So let's start from verse 46. Remember, just jump the first three words, all right? One, two, let's go. My soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has reg- regard for the humble state of his born slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty handed. He has given help to Israel his servant in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers. To Abraham and his offspring forever. Amen. Amen. I said, Amen. Amen. Now you are going to see this happen in this country. This you will see happen in this nation. The mighty one will do great things for us. His name will be hallowed. His mercy will be upon generation after generation. Toward those who fear him and call upon his name. We will see his mighty deeds. Which he will do with his own arms. Amen. Now listen to this. He will bring down rulers from their thrones. Amen. And will exhort those who are humble. Amen. Let me say that again. The Lord will bring down rulers from their thrones. Amen. And he will exalt those who are humble. Amen. Now that humility here is not just about this man is humble. But that the person is lowly. When I say lowly, now it's not just in heart, but in position. Physically. The Lord will exalt people you did not know could be exalted. Amen. People you did not know even existed. Amen. The Lord will put them on thrones that no Godfather will be able to lay claim to having done it. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please, we are declaring this, as you must understand, the role of believers. We are, you know, what they call Ecclesia, the church, is actually a political word. The root of it is like you have a senate, an assembly, people who decree he said the law will go forth from zion and the word of the lord from jerusalem what the church has often done is to stand back as spectators and when they want to get involved they get involved in the earthly politics not in the heavenly politics do you get my point they get involved in human divisions they come forth with tribal connotations they come forth with uh, denominational connotations and therefore god rejects their word but if they will come as a church, they're actually the lawgivers givers on the earth. So when we say, I've said it many times, you've heard me say it many times. Look, it's not, and I don't have any doubt in my heart about it. The church of God in Nigeria, there are two statements. Number one, only the church can end corruption in this country. The current president, with all the anti, he has realized that it's not humanly possible. He's tired. Number one statement, only the church can end corruption. Number two, the church can end it if it decides. You know, the first statement is that they don't want to have the power. The second one is that the day they say we are tired, it will end. The problem with a lot of people, you know, most of us, is that we don't like the effects on us. We say we want law and order, but we don't want to stop for red light. I hope you're getting my point. We want law and order, but we don't want to pay our taxes completely. We want to hide. So our prayers are not heard. That's the problem. But the day we make up our minds that something must happen. For example, if we say in this country, no longer will be with the thief be called generous. Listen. You see, as soon as you're all tight, it, it starts moving. And once it starts moving, I don't know how long will it will take, but I give you this within a few years, it will manifest. It's like the three weeks of Daniel. The moment the angel starts moving, there will be resistance here and there, but they will always overcome. The angels never turn back because they are weak. They never turn back because they are tired. They never turn back because the, 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 the demons are too powerful. Don't they only turn back because the people they are serving are not waiting. They are not resilient. They are not determined. Please, I hope you are getting my point here. Hear it again. In Nigeria, listen, only the church has the power. And the church just needs to understand how to wield the power. And that's what we are doing in our prayers here. So when we say this, we are decreeing the word of God on the earth. That is why we do this these days. I want to start praying. We declare two things. Number one, the glory of God. To show that all flesh is grass. He's a governor amongst the nations. That's number one. Number two, we declare his judgments upon the earth. Because when thy the judgments are upon the earth, O oh God, he said the inhabitants thereof, they do what? They learn righteousness. And God requires us for, to do these things. We are not spectators. We are the ecclesia of God. That's what the school church. The ecclesia. That is the senate. God's law giving body on the earth. What they say comes to pass. If they determine the righteousness of God in any nation where they are established, it will always be upheld. It will always be upheld. If the church determines the righteousness of God in any nation where they are established, it will always be upheld. The only way Satan wins is he goes into the church and divides the people. He goes. He can't Look, the church has never, ever been defeated from outside. In fact, the church has a record. The more you persecute it, the more it grows. You know what defeats the church? From inside. Division amongst the people. Wrong doctrines prospering amongst the people. That's what happens. People start believing lies. They start glorifying this you know, the mammon. Following God now becomes a pathway to what? To getting yes. If you do this, you will be rich. Like I said at that time, what does it mean to love money? To want to be rich? That is the meaning. They don't qualify. It just once you also want to, you love money. we <laughs> been studying in my house, you know, <laughs> with the children and my wife and I. We're reading from Matthew chapter 20. He said, Jesus said, whosoever will be the greatest among, amongst you, let him be what? The servant. I said, hey, children, understand this. Being a servant is greatness. It's not the Serving is not the means to greatness. I don't know whether you get that point. This is our wrong teaching. That serve, you become great. No, that is not what Jesus was saying. What Jesus was saying is, that service is a greatness. That service is a greatness. It's not, let me serve now. I'm serving now. One day I shall be great. You've missed it. Your heart is wrong. Your motivation is wrong. The service is not acceptable. But when you understand that that service is the greatness. It's not the means to greatness. Godliness is not the means of gain. Godliness is gain. Godliness is great gain. That godliness is gain. To have self-control is gain. The Bible makes it clear that the one that controls his spirit is greater than the one that takes a city. I hope you are getting my point. Yes, to be in the midst of temptations and not fall for it is gain. To be faced with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life and not fall is great gain. So the children will explain again. They say, listen, what is greatness? They say, service. That is great. It's not the means To greatness. What we often misinterpret, all right, is when God now takes a conscientious servant who has done well in the little thing and now puts him in charge of ten cities, we now think that's when he became great. No, he had just become more useful than before. God has found his usefulness. He has found greater, you know, how do I say it? More, you know, responsibilities to commit into the hand that has always been faithful. But flesh, we now want to interpret it. Say, man, that guy, used to look at how God has lifted him now. God didn't lift him so that he can look like a big man. God, what appears to us like lifting is a new realm of service. It's a new realm of service. What appears like lifting for us is real new realm of service. So in the house of Potiphar, you do so well, God not promote him, so you go to jail. That's promotion. They're in jail. You do so well. God says, promote him. Let him take care of the whole of the house of Pharaoh. And let him prepare a place for my people when they will arrive. That's service. But some people say, ah, now I'm in prison. One day i go got a president. Forget that, you know. Some people started in, in the palace. They ended up in the wilderness. Then came, joined the slaves, evacuated the slaves, and trekked in the wilderness for 40 years. And their name was Moses. (laughs) I hope you are getting my point. Listen, let me get back to where I began from. What are we doing? We are declaring the judgment of God on this earth. Listen, let me join my voice to some things I've heard. The kingdom of Christ Jesus has come upon this nation. It has been years in preparation. It has been years in preparation. It has been years in preparation. But it has come upon this nation. Why this nation is an instrument of God, it has come upon this nation. I want to talk, so let's take our declaration that we can sit down so we can talk. <laughs> the Lord is good. Want to let's go now, I declare. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding as a result of this. I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen? Amen. I said amen. amen. Great things will happen in your life. Amen. Beginning from now. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me add this one to it. Greater things will happen through your hands. Amen. You know what Jesus said? Now listen to this. This is the day of the fulfillment of that word of Christ. He said, those that believe greater works than this, they will eat. They will enjoy. What did he say? They will do. If he was talking about you, give me an amen. Amen. If he was talking about you, see another Amen. amen. And that is your testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Okay. I will continue what I was saying in a moment. Well, please, let's open our Bibles again and read from the book of Psalms. Psalm 84. We read this one of these Saturdays. Psalm 84. I'll start from verse 5. He said, How blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart... Are the highways to Zion. It says, passing through the valley of Baca, or the valley of dryness, the valley of dry things or weeping, they make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings, because these people are passing through. Don't forget that. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. That is, on their way to Zion, nothing hinders them. He said in verse 8, O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God, and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. He said, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. Now, uh, we've been looking at this, if you recollect, on our Saturday teaching about the heart that God loves. You understand, we looked at this, the heart of David. We're looking at lessons from the heart of life of David. And there's something in it I want to bring out for us again. Now, please remember, the word of the Lord is true. Jesus doesn't joke. I hope I get my point. If he says something, he means it. When he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you, he meant it just like that. Again, let me remind us, he wasn't saying, seek first the kingdom of God as a means of having other things added to you. He was saying the distraction from seeking the kingdom is a pursuit of other things. Did you hear that? That a distraction from seeking the kingdom. What makes Christians not seek the kingdom is that pursuit of other things. That they do not have the confidence that other things will be added to them. So he says, I'm telling you, don't worry about it. He was not saying seek the kingdom so that you can have other things. He was saying seek the kingdom. Other things will not be denied you. Everything you will need will come to you. He said your bread will be guaranteed. Your water will be sure. He wasn't saying seek the kingdom for the sake of bread. He was not saying seek the kingdom for the sake of water. Again, let me say that has been a major faulty teaching in the body of Christ. We have taken righteousness as a means of gain. One woman said something once, it so blessed me. He was saying that people do right and they expect reward for it. He said there is no reward for doing what is right. We do what is right because there is nothing else we can do. We are Christians. I don't know whether you are getting the point. That so, if you, for example, if you refuse to give a bribe, don't expect you must get a job. That God will will reward your refusal to bribe. If you don't want to bribe, don't bribe. If you want to bribe, sin against God and continue. I hope you're getting my point. But don't expect that once I've done what is right, then God owes me the duty to reward it. So if we all apply for a job, four people, bribed. I refuse to bribe, then God will give it to me. Because if it is not your job, I'm not giving you. In fact, it's called a trial of your faith. I want to see whether after you have lost five jobs like that, in the sixth one, you say if you can't beat them, you join them. That is, why do we do what is right? Because it's right. Is called righteousness, loving righteousness. He said, "Because you have done what loved righteousness and hated iniquity, or wickedness." Uh, believers are supposed to be like that. They love righteousness, whether it pays or not. They do it. Righteousness is not done because it pays. Righteousness is done because you love it. Have you seen people love crazy things? You know, we don't have such things in Africa. People just get up in the morning, buy powerful binoculars and be watching birds. You know what they call bird watchers? They just watch birds. Many of you are looking, what is that? There's one guy I saw, he's a storm chaser. Chasing storms just to film it. Now, people just love some things. People will go to art galleries and sit down there and be staring at art. They call it art, you look at, is there anything on that wall? Just painting, they say it's, um, it's, uh, it's Monet, it's uh, Picasso, and just sit down there. They just love it for the sake of, they don't know why. It's just in them to love the thing. The thing is not giving them anything that you and I can appreciate, but they love it anyway. I hope you're getting my point. Many of the things we love in life, they are like that. If you watch movies, what do you get out of it? Nothing. Just that's, you know, entertainment. It just gives you a kick while you're watching it. Now, there's something to learn from that. Satisfaction derived from that thing. is not a means to another thing. You're not watching it because you're going to take an exam tomorrow where they will ask you. Some of those you even watch, you're you alone. When I was a young boy, I used to do one foolish thing. I don't know why. I used to watch horror movies alone. You couldn't even tell the story later because it would scare you again. Then tomorrow I come back again. Then day they ask myself, Banky, why are you doing this? I'm not going say something here. Many of the things we do, we just do it because we love it. We, we love it. I know what God is saying. That's the way we are supposed to love righteousness. There's an epidemic in the body of Christ that must be cured. People don't love righteousness. They use righteousness. They don't love it. That's why they give an offering. God must multiply it. No, he must multiply it. If he doesn't multiply it, he will refund. No, you must refund. We give an offering. The the process of giving, the act of being a blessing to somebody does not give us any kick. Doesn't give us an intrinsic satisfaction. It is what it brings back. There's a well known teacher in the body of Christ. He used to preach that thing, and I'm saying it boldly, I don't mean I don't mean anything personal against him. I won't mention his name. But it goes around teaching the same thing. And you know, let me tell you the truth. God is going to end all that teaching. And one of the ways he would end it is that everyone who practices it will be disappointed. He said something to me once I was watching. Not to me personally, I was just watching. He said that, I don't know about you. Anytime I give, I'm not settled until the reward starts coming back. He said, maybe you are more spiritual than me. In my mind, yes. Let's not be modest. I am more spiritual than you. Because I can give and not think about it. And I forget about it, and as a matter of fact, I don't ask God to do anything for me because of, because I know it's a sin if I do that. I will have sinned against the blood of Jesus if I do that. He said, "No, when I give her, I'm not, I'm not settled. How can you give two thousand dollars and you're settled? I give ten thousand dollars and you're settled. So I'm waiting for the reward to come in." I said, "You are not a giver. You are a spiritual investor, and you are investing in lies." Why? The heart does not love righteousness. The heart does not love it. The church has an epidemic of that false doctrine in which we don't teach Christians to love righteousness, but to use it, to use righteousness to get their own personal aim. It is wrong. It's ungodly. It's unchristian. I will say it again. You must derive satisfaction from the practice of righteousness, I was in the church once a man finished preaching, talking about giving. He so said, Why he helps people is that you don't know where you'll meet them again tomorrow. And he spoke for at length, more than 30, 40 minutes. Talking about if he gives to you now, he'll remember you. The one day he will tell his son to go and meet you. And he, ah, yes. And he went on and on and on and on. At the end of the service, as I was going, one brother came to meet me. He said, Good evening, sir. I said, Good evening. He said, You did hear what that man preached. I said, I was there. He said, What do you think? I said, I was talking nonsense. He said, guy said, thank you, sir. He said, I just wanted to hear from your mouth. I said, he was talking rubbish. In my mind, may he never do me good. I won't accept it from him. I'm not going to be in debt to you for the rest of my life. Because of what? Because you dashed me $5,000, that person don't go sleep again. My grandchildren will be doing you a favor again and again because one day you give me five <laughs> k. Nonsense. I just saw the brother came to ask me, just in passing, I said, he's talking nonsense. These days I'm not afraid to, you know that I say that nonsense a lot. Because there's so much nonsense flying around. Christians will be giving nonsense testimonies. So that day I just gave a thousand and Within one week I had a hundred thousand. It's a nonsense testimony. They are not helping us to love righteousness. You are instigating us into loving ourselves. So every time we give, we are looking for what will God give back. We don't love righteousness. And it is a problem. And it must be cured. I will preach this. Till everybody, I know a lot of people here, they don't like me saying it. But the more you don't like it, the more I will say it. This child was born for the rising and falling of many. <laughs> That's the way it is. How can you everybody just be loving what you are saying? It's not good. Not good. Let me say it more so that people will like me less. Then my reward is great in <laughs> heaven. <laughs> they persecute you for righteousness' sake, for preaching righteousness. Because what I'm saying is righteousness. I'm not saying Christians shouldn't give. I'm just saying, please, love God. Love godliness. Love righteousness. We are not doing it for what it will bring for us. We are doing it because it is the right thing to do. If you do what is right and you are beheading the process, all glory to God, you wouldn't be the first. If you give and you don't get all glory to God, you wouldn't be the first. Please, let's bear that in mind. I can't seem to leave this giving thing again because it's an epidemic. Keep on curing it. Christians don't give because of what they want to receive. They don't give because they want to ask God for something. It is a sin. Yes, we are getting more knowledge so we can call it a sin now. It is a sin to give to God. Then go to him and say, Lord, you know I have given. Now I multiply it so as to solve my problems. He will worsen the problems for you. I tell Christians, if you don't want to give, please leave it. Eat your money. Don't worry, you won't die. you won't go to. If you don't die, you will go to hell. It's a lie. Okay, I won't say it's a lie because big man said it. It's not true. <laughs> Somebody says the same thing. No, no, no. It's a lie it means that the man is trying to deceive us. It's not true it means it's inaccurate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true now. When people are confused, That is good. If you want to receive from God, you go in the name of Jesus. It's an all or none principle. If you come in the name of Jesus, you are coming because of what Jesus did. Not because of what you did. So go and they know the truth. Let's be honest. eh? Let's just be honest. It is a safer way. It is a richer way. What can you do? Compared to what he has done. Let's just use the one he has done. That is richer. I hope you are getting my point. One day, my little boy, those days, you'll be saving money. If he sees, maybe he comes to my room, he sees fifty naira on the grass. He said, Daddy, can I keep it? I said, keep it now. They was piling his money, piling his money. So one day I asked him, I said, what are you going to do with this money? And he got confused. He said, maybe help with my school fees. And I burst into laughter. I started laughing. After you pile your 15 naira for the whole year, what does it come to? 10,000 uh, naira. That's it. can buy you complete gab. to wear on your birthday. So finally, after we finished speaking, the only solution he found was to pack the money, put an envelope, go to a charity house, and put it in their offering basket. I said, That's the only thing you can do. <laughs> I don't need your 50-50 naira, which he got most of it from me. I didn't think about it. <laughs> so the richer way to pay your school fees is to depend on El Shaddad. I hope you're getting my point. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's, it. That's El Shaddad. <laughs> it's better for you to say, Okay, let me be saving small, 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 small money. Where will it take us to? That's the way it is with our good works. If I want to pray it up so that we will go and use to ask God for something, it's a waste of time. Just go there and say, Lord, I have come. How? On what basis? Because you love me and Jesus died for me. It's not my fault. And you know what? He will answer all the prayers. Because if you come to him and say, Lord, you know, last week, we anyway, were taking that special offering. I gave my last 10,000. God say, okay, that prayed for inhalation. You didn't pray for exhaling. (laughs) You took one breath, that's 10k. One. So that day, didn't you breathe out? You say, I did. You are owing me 15,000. Because bringing that, I charge more. In that process, your heartbeat. Yes. Wasn't supposed to beat? Ah, I charge for that one too. Each heartbeat is 25k. You think it's a joke. One day, one of my friends well, actually well the woman finally passed on. His wife was in intensive care. Everybody praying, doing everything. The doctors were walking, walking. After two days, the woman passed on. That's not the gist. The gist was when they brought out the bill. Ah. Ah. Because one of my junior colleagues I sent to go and help me out. So she sent me the bill. I said, no, there's a mistake. There has to be a mistake. They calculated it wrongly. We are talking less than three days here. So I said, please go back there. Tell them to give you a printout. I want details. She got there said, please, I need a printout. Ah, they said the printer is not working. I said, snap it on the screen. I couldn't believe it. So she, they were going row by row, snapping on the screen. She was sending to me by WhatsApp. I said, but this is the oxygen we breathe freely every time. If you see the way money was going, tell you this injection, is five thousand. This one is one thousand five. Just one five. But they gave like twenty in one day. By the time they finish, we we're coughing up six hundred thousand naira thereabout. And you want to sow twenty-five thousand, and God should bless you. You, see, you can see your head is not correct. You can see it. You can see it. You can see it. They kept you alive all this while, and you want to give me? He says, "I gave a special, special seed." Oh God. You don't know anything. Have you believed that thing? We should have this in like in 20, like 300 years ago. Please, let's leave that thing. Christians, please, don't bring that nonsense here. We want God to answer our prayers. We pray on the basis of, or basis of what Jesus Christ did for us. He hung on the cross, excruciating, painful, torturous death. Please, let's not add anything to it. Let's leave it like that. When we give, it's a sign of love. And I know it's love for God, but let's face it, it's not really love for God directly. It's love for ourselves. It's love for something. Like I want the world to hear the gospel of Jesus. I love that thing. I want my brother to be happy, my sister to be satisfied. I love that thing. It has never crossed my mind that I want my children to multiply back for me. No. But you know, Sometimes I just, make, just want to make them happy. One of my kids called me and said, anytime he tried to put on, put on his tab, I, I went to preach somewhere. He just called me. that Daddy, things always hanging to your hangar. Ha. So these small things, giving this boy this. I just said, when I come back, we'll buy a new one. You know, that statement? The guy felt like, correct, daddy. Um. <laughs> correct. That, is, that was what that made me happy. So one day he knocked on my door and said, are we going now? <laughs> I said, oh, sorry, it's late. I said, okay, can we make it tomorrow? Tomorrow was dressed. Okay, so what time are we going? I was ready. (laughs) So we got to the mall, went to the electronics shops, and I said, okay, we picked one. You like that one? It's good. All right. I said, oh, please, go to the car. I left my ATM card there. He gladly took the key and raced to the car, found the ATM card where I kept it, and I gave it to them. They swiped it, ping, 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 and he handed him the tap. Ah! He was looking like this is the daddy. <laughs> For me, it, that, that is satisfaction. You know, nothing that you know that joy in his face. Ah ah. That's all. And it's in the Bible like that, Isaiah fifty three. He will see the result of the travel of his soul, and he will be satisfied. That's where it ends. Please so that is what it means to love righteousness. Apostle, we have preached this in so many that If you still continue preaching it. I think we have said it enough now. If you are tired of hearing me say it, I, I can't be tired. You preach it as well as I do. So, don't you hear him on radio? I mean, so, you should be tired of hearing One day I was listening to radio, long ago. I didn't know Dean work at that time. That's Joseph. We just stumbled my wife and I into that radio station. And the guy was talking. They were interviewing him. He was explaining, explaining. I told my wife, do you know the guy? Why I said no? I said, No. This guy is using my words. <laughs> I
1: said,
0: this must be one of our people. Jesus said, nobody like this can uh, tomorrow come and turn against us. I said, this is one of our people. He may not be here. and really he wasn't here. It was Nusuka. Ah, he sat on radio and was giving them the word. That's uh, the university radio, uni radio. He was explaining and he would dissect scriptures. I told my wife, no, we know this guy somewhere. We, we know him. Later on, I met him. I said, oh, are you the one that was speaking already? He said, yes. I said, no wonder. So see this man? He's tired of me saying this because he can preach it as well. I said, I preach it. The Lord is good. Now, let's get back to the main thing. So I just wanted to emphasize that on what we really love. Okay? Now, the kingdom. Now, we read from, um, where did we read just now? Psalm eighty-four. So please, these are the people that will bless this nation. Yeah, I was going to say something earlier. Yeah, please bear this in mind. There's an understanding the Lord gave me in the last few, two weeks thereabouts, in the last few days, not more than two weeks ago. Oh, okay, at least not more than one month. And I realized something. If you see the dealings, now please listen to this carefully. If you see the dealings of the Lord with Israel, it's a, is a, is a pattern of how God deals with people that he has a covenant with and people that he has a special purpose concerning. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, it's a matter of fact, okay? Now, before, because there's a particular man, I listened to him a lot. I listened to him this morning. I was trying to emphasize something that God has two covenant people on the earth. One is um, the church, and another one is the nation of Israel. Anytime he sees that, I start laughing. Why I laugh is because I don't believe it. You don't agree, yes, I I can't, I can't, because you see, you cannot dilute Christ, you can't. And that statement for me is diluting. You cannot rank, ah, no, 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 that position, there's just one. The covenant was with Abraham and his seed. And his seed, not as seeds as of many, but seed as of one. And that seed is whom? Christ. So, where did you get that covenant with Israel from? Is it not the same one? Do you get my point? Is it not that same covenant that the father has with Abraham that went down there? And then are you trying to tell me a covenant can be fulfilled outside Christ? I hope you get my point. Any covenant he had can only be fulfilled in Christ. So there's no point trying to demarcate the two. And The Bible says, Paul said it to us clearly, writing to the Ephesians, that wall of division has been broken. So that's why I cannot understand it. Because if you say that, you are still saying the wall of division yet stands. I can't accept that. I can't accept that. It's only in Christ that these promises are fulfilled. He said, all the promises of God, they are here and amen in him. I hope you're getting my point. So, see, God has fulfilled his promise to Jacob. Please don't forget that. He has fulfilled it in Christ. So if anybody wants to physically experience it, they step into Christ. As long as they're outside Christ, you can never participate in it. Now, that's what I understand. But when the man was saying something done to me, sometimes people tell stories, and you must understand, the Bible says that to Israel was committed the oracles of God, and these things were recorded for our learning. And something done to me as I was listening, I said, oh, this must be the issue. Because of his own leaning, he's looking at the dealing of God with Israel. Now, let me say this quickly. You hear many people. In fact, one of my beautiful teachers, I love the man so much. He died last year. He said one day he stood before the British Parliament and explained to them. I'm, personally, I was offended. All right. I was not happy about it. And you see my reason in a moment. And I was trying explained to the British people that were their lawmakers, their representatives, that they needed to deal carefully with the nation of Israel. And he gave a background, gave a history, and showed that anyone that broke covenant with them, do you understand, um, suffered politically. And he gave it to them. And he was trying to show them that you need to be careful when you are dealing with these people. And again, I personally don't like that, because I think you are taking the promise of Christ, and you are taking it somewhere else. Now, if you deal wrongly with somebody, whether you are a Jew or a Gentile, God punishes you. Let's leave that. In. After all, the Gibeonites... Israel dealt harshly with them, and indignation came against Israel in the days of David. And they asked what happened, they said, for Saul and his bloody house, because of what he did to the Gibeonites. Those guys were not of a covenant, but it's a principle of righteousness, and they broke it. Do you get that? No, so people have to be careful when you're interpreting things. He said, no, you broke, they broke off now with the Jews. Then look at what happened to them. I said, look, if you break off now with Muslims, the same thing will happen. Just like the Jews broke it with the Gibeonites and they had trouble. Let's bear that in mind. When the Jews broke it with God, they had trouble. Again and again. Until they destroyed them and wiped them out. Let's, let's interpret things with a lot of care. But what used to annoy me? We said I was offended. I was offended because... You make it look like that is what God is doing on the earth. No. And these same people wanted they, that they say all these things. They never ever, never seen them one time tell me that break covenant with the church, you'll be in trouble. Deal harshly with the people of God. They, they do not exalt Christ in that regard. You stand before a parliament and you tell them to be careful how they deal with the physical nation of Israel, the descendants of Hagar. Spiritually speaking, is that not what Paul said? Yeah. What about the descendants of Isaac? How are you treating them? Nobody says anything about these people and it really offends me because it's not right. You are diminishing Christ and exalting something else. And eventually God will judge all of these things. I don't even have any doubt in my mind. He has to judge all these wrong doctrines. I said, look, God, look, interpret things from above. Look, look. there was some particular, oh, you know, we are streaming, so there are many things we don't see. How do we do this one? I, I, I on the other side. Yeah, I, on the other side. So, in this country, in this country, one of these Muslim states, the big man, you know, traditional ruler, the big one there, he was persecuting, harshly treating Christians in his place. Archbishop wish I was that also I flew to his palace, came to greet him, and to tell him that the Lord said I should tell you be careful how you deal with deal his with children in your place. And the guy thought he was joking. Less than a year later, he was deposed. I'm telling you the truth. He flew to his palace. Look, he walked in there and warned him. What are we talking about here? we talk about other things as if God has forgotten his own people. The lost portion is his people. Don't ever forget it. We have the Jerusalem from above. However, this is the point I'm going to make. In every nation, therefore, okay, that's the second side of it. Now, equating Christ and the Jews are two covenant people is not true. It's not right. Christ is above, everybody's lines up beneath. In the divisions of mankind, you see in the physical nation today of Israel, they have a covenant. Now, when I want say covenant now, please. Okay, let me, let They have a relationship. God has caught that nation physically to have a relationship with Him based on certain issues, or purpose and all of that. In the same manner, as they stand there, Kenya stands there too. As they stand there, Russia stands there too. Christ is above, everybody's lined up below. As they stand there, listen, Nigeria stands there too. He caused the boundaries by himself. He caused the boundaries. He's a lord of the boundaries. Like I was saying the other time, if you study government, they, that's what they call, and politics, that's what they call the exclusive list. You see the fight now that's going on on uh, value-added tax in Nigeria. They say, who can levy that tax? The river state us, is the state. Lagos said it is true. And now it's becoming almost a you know a, 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 the southern issue. People are lining up that look, according to the Constitution, this is not on the exclusive list for the executive. You did they I didn't even see you before. Now, now, when I need you, I see you. <laughs> am, am I not saying anything, the truth? Did I say anything wrong? You want to come and finish it for me? <laughs> there are certain things on the exclusive list. That's what I make of God. The boundaries of mankind, they are on his exclusive list. Nobody decides that for him. I hope you're getting my point. You may not like it. You may not agree with it. It may not suit you. But just understand that that is his own eternal plan. So what he does is that he wants to mention names. He wants to say the church of God in a particular place so he carves the place. For himself. And he expects his people to come. Alright. Now, many times we come representing ourselves, our families. There are different ways we come before God. Especially when we are priests of God. Because a priest stands in representation of people. I hope you are getting my point. Okay. Now, sometimes you come as a man. You are representing your whole family. As a woman, you are representing your family. Sometimes as a child in the family. Because God does this in families. It's very common. You just see one family. There's a father, there's a mother. There are six children father doesn't go to church, mother goes to half of the church, then all the six children, one smokes a one, you know, then one person who just love the Lord. Have you not seen it? Yes, that will be going to church and maybe since he was, she was young. It's the hand of God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God is raising a priest for the family. Yes, because <laughs> if that one doesn't go to church, <laughs> God will waste everybody there. So the one that goes to church, God says, hey, you, offer sacrifices on behalf of everybody else. He buys them time. He buys them mercy. So your younger brother on high on the boat. Don't be angry with him just because you are not smoking. Just know by the grace of God, I do not smoke. And that grace must not prove in, in that you must appear on his behalf your brother's behalf. You must appear on your father's behalf. You must appear on your sister's behalf before the throne of God and say, Lord, have mercy. You buy time for them. You intercede for them. Send laborers into their harvest. That's one way by which you represent people. That's what priests do. Then in a whole nation, now nations, now this is what I understand, I want to say quickly, nations are carved according to divine purpose. Purpose. But it's by the time God creates a nation like Kenya, there's something he wants to do. When he creates a nation like Ghana, there's something he wants to do. When he creates a nation like Nigeria, there's something he wants to do. And listen to me, it is not politics. It's not national development. It didn't raise the nation so that the roads can be good. A good road is all other things shall be what? Added. It's not because of railway. Railway is other things added. He has an eternal purpose, and I've said it before. Anytime you see many things happening, ask yourself, what is the real thing happening? When God wants to meet with, or when Elijah wants to go and meet with God, you will see fire burning. God is not there. You see the rocks cracking. God is not there. You see the storm. God is not there. Where is God not There's this corner in which you hear the sound of a gentle blowing. All the other things are earthly and satanic distractions. Many people go to church now, they are distracted by the big buildings we are building. They are distracted by the fact that some of our big men are flying private, which I keep on saying is nothing. It's a car with wings. That's expensive. Both to purchase and to run. That's all. Don't be... If you are, Look, listen. There's nowhere you are going, so that's why you don't appreciate it. If you are going somewhere, you have the money, please... Buy your own and leave those who are flying it alone. You know what I don't have? I don't have the money yet and there's no way I'm going like that. The Lord has not seen it fit. Very soon, it, it, you, know, it, you know, last time I went to Joss, by the time I finished offering, when I finished offering for, for righteousness' sake, for the kingdom's sake, I told the Lord, please, buy me a private jet. I'm not joking, no. I tell you what happened was After waiting we at the airport for five hours, just to connect flight, I left Inugu in the morning. By 10, I was in Abuja. 10, 11. Before 10, yes. By 10 time I we went in Abuja. So they said, flight is uh, one. They said, no, sorry, it's not one again. three thirty I said, no, at three thirty they said, sorry. It's delay, delay, delay. By 4, they said, uh, sorry, delay by one hour. And I go ask one man. I said, is it one hour from the original time? I said, because it's by that time, I should be, I've learned where I'm going by now. He said, when did they announce I just said, it's one hour from the announcement. I told my wife, I am tired. Let's go and stroke. Now we stroke. By the time we came, they said, ah, go away. Say, plane, don't go. I said, I
1: said,
0: wait a that they have locked the door. I said, but the plane is still there now. They said, they don't lock the door. I said, please, if it's a joke, stop this thing. They said, where were you, self?" I said, what do you mean? You told me one hour delay. And I took a stroll downstairs because I've been sitting for four hours. Eh, eh I said, please. Pilots have the financing. Call the pilot. They said they can't. Call this pilot now. See the motor car is still there. Call this driver. Let's know whether he will park. <laughs> they said, Laila. I looked like this. I stood. I was looking at the plane. I uttered the word, which I can't remember exactly what I said. But the Bible says that, and the disciples heard it. One woman sat there, heard it. And I said, I should go and see the station manager. So I ran down, said so I was not on seat. While I was doing all the talking, my wife called me and said, please come. She was upstairs there with her luggage and watching the play. You know what happened? The pilot suddenly told everybody to come down. They don't know why. Till today, I, nobody knows why. He just told everybody, calm down. That there's something wrong with his plane. He said everybody, calm down. That woman that I said, and the disciples heard it. It was one that said. He said she started crying because she told my wife at that time. I said your husband must be a man of God. My wife said, yes, he's going to preach somewhere. Where we are going is not play. We want to go and preach because he said there was a statement I made. I said it loud. I didn't know. I just prayed loud. I said, Lord. If, to get, if you want me to get to Just, you have to get me on this plane. She heard me say it. I didn't even know when I said it. So the plane, the pilot just stopped. They didn't tell him anything, no. Suddenly we just heard some next thing they, they, that they are step, they drive it back, attach, I open the door, everybody go down. <laughs> so they came and sat with us. Then they now, after about 10, 15 minutes, he said, Yeah, everybody go and board again. We went to another plane. So one woman was saying, eh, what is all of this? Why here? what did they have to make us come down? I turned to her, I said, because he needed to carry me. And I continued going. <laughs> 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 the Lord is good. That was the day I said, Lord, send me a private plane. No, no, I had to pray that prayer. Ah, I know because I said, oh, but if we have to preach this gospel, now so we would spend six hours at one airport. If I finish that, she said, let me not waste my time. The Jesus never finish it, but let me just leave it there. Because We reached through, the guy turned back again, came back to Abuja. Ah. <laughs> we had reached where we were going. No, I just, at the point in time, I said, why is the ground looking rather close in this place? <laughs> I think the man was turning. So the ground was coming up. Ah. I was like, what's going on here? I thought I heard the name Abuja. I said, maybe I didn't hear it. The next thing I heard, I said, sorry, I have to return you to Abuja at the airport. Because it was, there was coffee in just that the airport has closed. So it's a cabin crew, prepare for our descent into Abuja. You know what I did? There's this laughter God puts in my mouth once in a while. It's a laughter of victory. I burst into laughter. I laughed hard. I laughed. I kept on laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. The laughter just overwhelmed me. I, but because where we're sitting, it was a bit close to the engine. So there was a bit of background noise. I was just, I I, I kept, I couldn't stop laughing. Ha, ah, ah, ha. And I finished laughter. Next I heard that like, oh, sorry, we just got a call from Kano. The airport has been reopened and just, we can go. He turned again. I said, yeah, I got, rid- I got this place today. Yeah, it turned again. So I had the journey all over again. That was the day I caught the revelation. Private jet is my portion. Those who are not going anywhere, can be, uh, you can be angry. Your own oh, not pass Okunanu to, 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 you know, to uh, uh, Opera Square. From there to Onicha once in a while. No. Some people, they work out plenty walk. work out. And I sold the dream to two men of God at the same time. And they all bought it. So you don't need money to get anything in life. You just need faith and purpose. That's all. Now back to our main message. Now, people get distracted with what God is doing. So those material things. They don't realize exactly what God is doing. What is doing is spiritual. What is doing each time is what? spiritual. Is spiritual. What is doing each time is spiritual. It normally is not much celebrated. It's quiet. I hope you're getting my point. It is quiet. It, so when you say pastors are flying, don't be distracted. Like, you know, I said on radio that time, I said, why should men of God fly private? I said, stop saying that thing. Because most men of God in Nigeria... Okay? Most, thousands of them there are. That can't even, they're not even sure of what food they are, the family is going to eat next week. They're not making it like this. The private jet is the main thing that we are doing. Leave that thing. Don't get distracted. There are people preaching the gospel in all kinds of corners in this country. Sometimes nobody remembers them. And please, if you remember a man of God somewhere, don't just assume somebody taking care of him. Maybe nobody is. If you are not sure, call him. And say, man of God, how are you? He said, I will thank the Lord. He said, That is true. Did the family eat this morning? Ask him. Because there are many people that nobody remembers and they are in different corners. Please just bear that in mind. Because people want to know, they want to caricature us as if all pastors do is fly private jet. It's not true. Sometimes we can't even change our car. A thief had to steal an apostle's car before he knew that. <laughs> That team said, I better buy another one. The guy collected it. We came out from meeting. I said, I post where your car So, Ghana, here I park. <laughs> I said, Now, nah here you park. <laughs> where is the motor? That's <laughs> how so we begin to go police station at night, too. <laughs> so, please don't have any friends. Pastors, look, boys are believing God, Don't just think that every pastor is there. Uh, let's leave that side. The Lord is good. <laughs> So each time, this is the point I'm trying to make, there's something that God is doing. When a gather nations, it's for a purpose. It's for a purpose. I don't claim to know the purpose, but there's always a purpose. And as I talked about Israel, there's a, there was a purpose for Israel. Israel was not the end. Israel was a servant. Two things I can quickly mention they used Israel for. Three. Number one, he needed to bring Jesus to a particular lineage. So he raised that nation so he could bring the pure breed out of them. There was a time they were decimated until just one man remained. I think Uzziah. But God kept him. God kept him. That was number one, to bring Jesus Christ to the earth. Number two, Paul said, to them was committed the oracles of God. God spoke different ways. He spoke to the Buddhists. Trust me. He spoke to the far priests. He spoke to different people. God spoke in diverse manners, in different ways to our fathers. But what is said to the fire priest does not concern the believer. What is said to the Buddhist does not concern the believer. The one that had to do with the life of the believer, he gave to one nation. He said, keep it for me. It's called the oracles of God. They so kept it at a point in time that a few years ago, they began to discover the Dead Sea Scrolls, Aziz Qumran. They began to say, oh, that was part of it. God preserved things, preserved them in thousands of scrolls. It's called the oracles of God that we need to... That was what Paul read. That was what Peter read. Listen, that was what Jesus read. That was the second reason. Another reason he selected that nation was to give us a pattern of his operations with people that work for his purpose so that we will learn from it. He said these things were recorded for our learning. So we know at least three things he did with that nation. And I'm saying to you this evening that every nation on this earth, he has something also. Sometimes two things. Sometimes three things I don't claim to know. But definitely there is. There is. There always is. There always is. We may not know it, but there always is. Now, people have given us prophetic words. I've heard it different times. Not now. I've heard this for a long time. But the earliest I heard was from reported. I, I saw him being interviewed on TV once. That was many years ago. I was much younger. That would be been over 30 years ago. Uh, by Elton. But God gave him a vision. In his nation, and then he came over because of that to come and evangelize and you no know, apostolic work in this nation. He raised Christians all over the place. Many of these big men that you hear their names in Nigeria today, and some of them have gone by. All right, people like Bishop Benson Idahosa, people like uh, uh, Bishop David Adeyipo, E.R. Deboye, W.F. Kumi. He touched all of them. He brought you no. Know, he brought ministers to Nigeria. Brought message. He went from one place, encouraging the brethren, teaching them the word of God. And he lived and he died here. He literally gave his life for the vision of God concerning this nation. And he told us that this nation is crucial for what God wants to do in the end time. This man picked up on that prophecy again. I don't know whether I heard it from him or he got it directly himself. The German evangelist, Reinhard Bonnke. And I heard him preach it from one of his crusade pulpits platforms. He preached that message also. And he said that this nation has a purpose. And I've heard it here and there. Number one, it fits the pattern of scriptures that God actually cuts these boundaries. He's on his exclusive list. He cuts the boundaries. He does. For a purpose. Let me just digress again, just to say something that I've said many times before. Nigeria has a lot of political turmoil right now. Plenty. Oh, Plenty. And sometimes people react. And you understand why they react. They are touched. But let me tell you something. Most of the reactions I've heard from people, 99.5%, more than 99.5%, have been fleshly reactions. Oh, yes, reactions of the flesh. Or it's just reactions of the flesh. Have you noticed something? How many people have you ever heard, including pastors, how many have you heard analyze the issues of Nigeria from a perspective of judge, the judgment of God? It's rare. It's rare. Most of the analysis, even from amongst Christians, that's preachers, is political. It's tribal. It's personal. They have a personal bone to pick with somebody like the president. And they are so afraid. You know, Christians sometimes... They walk in fear. They may not realize it, but that's what they are doing. Two things they are afraid of the most I have noticed. They are afraid of the Antichrist. They are afraid of Islam. Check it. That's why they won't take the vaccine. Look, I'll say this. Everybody will say one thing. Bros, if you want to take vaccine, take the vaccine. It's not Antichrist. It's one of the, one, a lot of those talks is pure ignorance. And you know, once our suit is shining, people soon would know what we are saying. you've not noticed it, just look rich. Then you can come to the people and talk nonsense. People are not medically educated. They don't know anything. They just believe one conspiracy theory from somewhere and be telling you things. You know this one? They say the site of vaccine is magnetizing. Have you seen that before? One man showed that it's a trick. They put plaster and then I remove the plaster. Think about it. Until you touch the sticks. You know plaster now I leave the residue of the adhesive on your skin. It's a trick. So I took my vaccine today. If there's magnetizing. One man just showed that he did the trick. Just carry plaster a good one. Plaster it there. Leave it for like 10 minutes. Then remove it. Your shoe will stick there.
1: <laughs>
0: Everything sticks. People now say that they are turning to magnet. I said, my God. I said, it's not your fault now. It's because the coronavirus. If it was Ebola, you would be running to go and collect the vaccine. But if it's coronavirus now, that kills less than 0.5% of those that infect. Most people that they infect, they don't, you don't know. When they are young, they just sneeze it away. They say, Corona, come over there. You don't notice. They get their immunity and they keep bo- bubbling. Even adults, most times, does not do anything to them. That's why we have this time to be doing it. People now start confessing faith. They did not have, you know, to run away from money. They have it to fight coronavirus. Rubbish and nonsense. And as I people say, as we are people of God. I said, now nah, nah, you know. When you were fornicating, you did not know you are people of God. When you were cutting, uh, what do you call it? Invoice. In, in, inflating it. You don't know your people of God. When it's time to take vaccine now, you're now, and you're, the face, face come slap your face, you, you will sneeze. <laughs> it's so annoying. People just go up there, they will just be talking, talk talking, 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 rubbish. So Bill Gates wants to control you. Now, you know a terrible thing, know. I did learn small science. If you don't know, you come and meet people like Apostle, they know small. Apart from rocks and, um, water underground. You know some science. You just know that some of these don't make any sense. And by the way, there are easier ways to control you than going through this difficult way. Some people say that, eh, the middle stay inside so that they can lay down cable for 5G. I said, when they laid 4K, 4G cable, where were we? When they laid 3G cable, were we not outside? Did you talk? Common sense would let you know that if they want to lay 15G cable, they don't need to tell. They just continue what they are doing like nothing's happening. They are constructing the Enugu the express road now. Between here, you know, you see them walking. If they lay human beings there, will you know? <laughs> Do they need to lock me inside the house or lay anything? People, oh God, the Lord has to have mercy on our foolishness. You know the problem? Fear. We fear the Antichrist. Oh, we are afraid of the Antichrist. We are. I'm telling you. We just believe the Antichrist we will not be able to eat. We will not be able to buy. We will not be able to sell. Except we take the mark. Many of those preaching it, they have taken the mark. They have eaten. They took on the left cheek, the right cheek, the forehead, the ogre, They get them for ogre. Get, get them everywhere. They're using. In fact, they have tattooed all over their spiritual body. Mark of the beast. They come and tell you, don't take the mark of the beast. Nonsense. The mark of the beast is given only to the worshippers of the beast. You can never worship by accident. No, worship is deliberate. You bow yourself deliberately. That's why Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could refuse to worship, the mark is given to those who worship the beast. It's not sneaked on them. When you watch too many home movies, we believe in lies. You said that, that they gave me something to eat in the dream. I became a witch. It's not possible. If you don't want to be, we don't be by force. Okay, how could? Why couldn't we make you born again by force? We'll kidnap you and baptize you, then release you. We'll, we'll be in the kidnapping business. Before you know I'm the whole of Nigeria is born again. Just go to government house. Call ESN to help us. Any, go- <laughs> Any government official coming out, we'll catch him. We'll rush him to... apostle. Where's that your crocodile river? <laughs> Nikele. We'll baptize him and say, now nah, you're a Christian. Go. Next, we'll have a team kidnapping people. <laughs> you know why we can't do it? Because it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You have to consciously join something. You have to. Nobody can sneak the mark of the beast on you. If they did, it will mean nothing. It will mean nothing. You have to first be a worshipper of the beast. Then he puts his mark on you as mine. And many people are worshipping the beast. And let me tell you the name of the beast, Mammon. 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 That's the name of the beast, Mammon. I can assure you. I found in my scriptures a beast is not a person, it's a system. So you hear that Daniel will see a beast with ten heads and horns. The horn is a person. The, whole, the beast as a whole is a system. So kings will arise in that system. Read your Bible, beasts are systems, nations. So sometimes you have a beast in entertainment. You have a beast in politics. You have beasts all over the place. And people, ah, the other day, there's one prominent Nigerian Christian musician, I will not mention the name. He gave a testimony. I didn't hear directly. Somebody mentioned it in my hearing. That he sings for Jesus. You know, Jesus, I love you, all those kind of songs. Jesus, you are coming again. They said, wait, come. We will will record you, we will advertise you, we will promote you. But just remove this Jesus and put God. And the world has no problem with God. Jesus is a problem. Is a rock of offence. Is a stone that people stumble over. It's Jesus. It's not God. It is Jesus as the problem. God in flesh. That's what the problem is. You can worship God. Nobody is going to fight you. But once you mention the name Jesus, that's where the problem is. They told him, "Please remove the name God. Uh, Jesus. Put God." And he said, "No. He wouldn't do it." He gave the testimony. I talked about it like this here at the end. One of our sisters came and said, Pastor, that thing you said, I believe it is true. He said, but that man you just mentioned his name, I've never heard Jesus in his songs. I don't listen much to music. I'm not, you know, like, are you serious? Say yes, I've never heard Jesus in his songs. And any song that does not contain Jesus is not Christian. It may be a good song, it may be a morally upright song. Once the name Jesus is missing, it is not the gospel. The gospel must have the name. No other name is given amongst men by which men can be saved. Apart from that name, Jesus Christ. Except that name is there, it's not the gospel. It may be a good song. I'm not saying the song is bad. But just know it's not gospel. Gospel is defined by how you magnify Christ. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. If you don't magnify Jesus, it's not a gospel song. You're not singing gospel. That's a matter of fact. And all over the world, they do it. They will promote you, no problem, just drop the name Jesus. And the explanation they are going to give you is that you know you can reach more people. When you don't put Jesus, now Muslims can listen to it. When you don't put Jesus, Hindus can listen to it. And instead of selling one, al- one million albums, we can sell like 15 million. Recently I heard What's the name of that guy that used to lift up his shirt and show us the name of Jesus, Some guy, the, the footballer? They said he signed a deal. They said he signed a deal that's worth about $50 million, Is it 5 or $10 million extra every year if you just avoid putting the name of Jesus in anything he does? I've not heard it, personally heard it, but somebody, I have the video here, and I, I used to watch that guy's video. It's an American, does videos on YouTube. So somebody took the video and sent it around. That is, this true. I don't know much about football. They said, for every month, is it every month or every week? He doesn't do it. No, every month they give him five hundred thousand pounds. That if you don't do anything religious, that according to them we tarnish the name of the club. Each month he gets, I think, five hundred thousand pounds, and if he does it successfully for the whole year, they add another five million pounds to it. Somebody said that ah, is it right? I said it's not right, it's not wrong. It's whether he, he will take it or not as the issue. That's all. It's a free world. It's not today now. Why are you making look at hey, look at what they are doing? They've been doing it for a long time. It's not the latest invention at all. But that is how the beast comes. And don't think if he stands for the Lord, they won't fire him. They will fire him. He will not get another club. There was this particular this, this American um, um, American football player. Once his contract ended till today, he's out of American football. Because he likes to shout the name Jesus too much. So they said, okay, we don't want you here. He has to go and look for another job. These are people that could have been any millions of dollars a year. He used to do funny things like praying on the pitch. If he scores a home run, is that what they call it? Not a home run. A touchdown. Yeah, a touchdown. He will give the glory to Jesus openly. And they say, bro, stop this nonsense. He didn't agree to stop. Once his contract ended, no other American club hired him. No other one. You want to know about the beast? That is the beast. That is the beast. Don't you watch DSTV? Anytime you mention the name of God or Jesus. That is the beast. That's what we're talking about here. People are waiting for somebody to come and inject the mark of the beast into your body. It's not going to happen in a hundred million years. Why? It's like, like Pastor Chris said. It will have meant nothing. It will have meant nothing. <laughs> it will mean nothing. It will mean nothing. You come for injection, I quickly give you witchcraft injection. It will mean nothing. When the witch comes, you slap it with your left hand, you will repent. Christians are morbidly afraid of the beast. That's the point I'm trying to make. They are too afraid of the beast. They are just so afraid. Hey, it's coming to get us. Listen, the beast cannot show up as an established system until apostasy comes. There has to be a great falling away. So we believers, what we need to do is fight that falling away. Make sure your faith is intact. Make sure your faith is genuine. And don't love your life even when faced with death. And for goodness sake, don't love money. That's all the beast has to offer. is money and extra life. Those two things, if you can't, look, if you just get rid of it out of your heart early, the beast will lose. Don't forget, Satan doesn't have reckless power. He doesn't have. His power is controlled. That's why God will say to him, listen, you can touch his flesh, but you can't kill him. You can't touch his goods. You can't touch his flesh. These are things he said to Satan concerning Job. And what could the devil do? Nothing. He afflicted Job aggressively. He went after Job. Tooth and it, like we say. Took out all his goods. Took out his servants. Killed his children. Came to God. Ah, this is your guy in a while. He never denied you. It's because he's still healthy. God said, oh, oh, you think so? He said, yes, I think so. He said, now you can go and touch his flesh. In medicine now, we have what we call Job's syndrome. It's a disease called Job's syndrome in medicine. Yeah. Afflicted Job so bad Job said that he had nowhere to sit on. Job said, during the day I wish for night, during the night I wish for day. Job was in distress, was tortured. Do you know this? What, What? This Satan couldn't kill him. Job could not die. Why? God had not given him over to death. So don't just think Satan just has power wake and just just came to kill me. Then I resisted him. Nonsense. He can't kill you. Especially when you're a believer. Only one person can end your life. And that's Christ Jesus. The power of life concerning your life, especially, lies in his hand. Kill who? He did he smoke something? Somebody who's struggling to stay alive himself. Kill anybody. Don't think he can just come and just say, no. He doesn't have that power. That's why he tempts. He comes to us and tempts. And that's what the mark of the beast is. Mammon, worship of mammon. They threaten that. And listen, you don't have to be rich. Forget that thing. You don't have to be. God said, don't worry. Your water, your bread will be guaranteed and your water will be sure. Basic sustenance he will give you. So you can live and do his purpose in this life. What does Satan have to offer? More than you two, you drive a Bentley. That's all. Just tell them I don't care about it. Why are we so afraid of the beast? Christians are afraid of the Antichrist, eh? the mark of the beast. When I was young, they said a brand. Then I grew up, they said uh, a what was it? Then it became a uh, no, a barcode. Then from barcode, it became microchip. Then now they said it's so tiny they can inject into you. That is not the mark of the beast any more than a beast itself is a literal animal. All these things are allegorical. Second thing we are afraid of as believers Islam. We fear Islam. Let me tell you something. Every Antichrist principle on this earth has a day that has been set for it to end. Do you know Americans? People say, Americans, why did they go to Vietnam to fight? Let me tell you why. They were afraid of communism. Americans were trying to export democracy, not because they loved democracy so much, but simply because that was their only guarantee for safety. How will it be that big a nation they were at that time, not less than 200 million, there's less than 300 million, or there are about 300 million, but imagine about 100 years ago. How big were they? Imagine surrounded Canada being communist, Mexico being communist, China, of course, already China and Russia, USSR. USSR had many, how many countries were in the USSR at that time? Russia was the main one, but all the Estonia, Uzbekistan, um, Belarusia, Ukraine, all of them were part of it. Then you go down as far as Poland, Czechoslovakia of those days, did they exist as different countries now? Yugoslavia? Ha. Huh. Yugoslavia is now like five or six country, countries. Ah, yes, Yugoslavia is now like five or six countries. Macedonia, that now, did not have a qualification for that Macedonia. They're not, they're all over the place. Serbia, all of them. They're part of Yugoslavia. Now think about all of those countries being communist. They were, those were already communist. Down to East Germany. Ah, they are crawling into Europe. America is just there. Hey, then they came to Africa. Why do you think Jonas Savimbi was there fighting? They stopped fighting when USSR fell apart. The repress will tell you that he used to make it a prayer point for God to separate China and Russia in their agreement because they were too big a block. He looked at them and said, this is problem brewing. Oh, they were great. Don't, USSR. They had more nuclear weapons than America. It was an arms race. When they wanted to ship nuclear weapons into Cuba, JFK said lie, lie over my dead body. JFK said lie, lie sent all his battleships to that place. Get those submarines on the surface. Those things are not getting into Cuba. And it wasn't easy. He had to let go of the American missiles in Poland for the for Russians to pull back. That was the closest the world came to a nuclear showdown. That was why they went <laughs> to Vietnam. Why? Because the USSR, the communists, were grabbing every country. They came to Africa. Somebody said there was a Nigerian head of state, because we are streaming, I can't say many things. There was a Nigerian head of state that was assassinated. They said, why was he assassinated? that CIA had to sponsor it because the man was the communist at heart. They moved money into Nigeria, shoot him. They were not joking. So everywhere, this, society, you know, this is a bombing, 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 CIA began it. CIA paid people to scatter communist regimes in South America. Why? America cannot be the only communist country, now. a capitalist country. So they became a champion of the democracy for their own safety. Because no matter how powerful you are, if the rest of the world is communist, the day they face you, and those guys, as you know, these are suicide bombers, before you can read, how many nuclear weapons will you release? They will wipe out your whole nation. But listen to this. Long before then, the Lord began to utter words. And say so that one, they will disappear in one day. And I remember I was at least to Kenne narrates the prophecy that God gave him. He saw a giant snake, a red snake. And a hand came from heaven with a sword and chopped it to pieces. Then one day we woke up. What's the name of this, our guy? The one with the port wine stain on his head. Yes, no, not Yersin, not Yesin. Gorbachev. Mikhail Gorbachev. By that time, God has put distress into the nation. He had broken the staff of bread. Economy was in shambles. Gorbachev became the, what they call the secretary. That was the head of state, actually. The general secretary of the Union of Soviet and Socialist Republics. and said, guys, everybody, go your way. He woke up one day, and there was no USSR again. He resigned from a post that no longer existed. He had legislated himself out of power, one after the other. That was shortly after he was in Poland. Started, there was an uprising. One after the other, the countries just started rejecting communism. And we watched. And the first country to send missionaries to Russia, guess which country it was? Nigeria. Oh, yes. We raised missionaries. Come on. Flooded Russia with missionaries. <laughs> Who we were the first? It's as if we were waiting. Open the door. As they opened the door, they boom! We rushed inside. What am I going to say? If you're afraid of Islam now, you should have been afraid of communism. I mean, I attended Bible studies as a young student on the University of Benin campus. I remember our brother Henry teaching. The teaching was clear. The way brethren interpreted prophecy was that America would become communist. And I remember one brother asking a question. He said, I cannot see that ever happening. And that brother said, you don't know what is going on. Look, <laughs> communism was a fear of the world. Yet, God gave the word out that there are three things that are standing against the advancement of the gospel of Christ on this earth today and that God is going to bring them to an end. The first one he put on the list was communism. You know the one that's second on the list? So why are you afraid? Listen, he has written the time. There is nothing to be afraid of. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. What we should be afraid of is the false doctrines we tolerate. That's it. What we should be afraid of is our complacency. That are the, those are the things we should be afraid of. The truth, let's read this particular scripture. Kai, look at my time. I've also, whenever I begin prayer. we we'll do one more for the prayer. Meanwhile, we won't go take communion somewhere. <laughs> hey, look at the time. Oh, the Lord is good. Psalm 103. I'll just read. Okay, I'll read about 1, to 3, 4 verses. But I want to read from the well, New King James for a certain reason. New King James. Let me just switch my Bible, please. i am read from Psalm 19. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, in, the, in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bear that in mind. The Lord has established, that's verse 19, Psalm 103. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. For time's sake, I'm going to leave it here, but let's just bear this in mind. His kingdom does what? Rules over all. Please Let me remind Christians, we can't say this enough. Get your prayer point right. What you need in Nigeria is not justice. What you need in Nigeria is not equity. Talking about tribal, ethnic, regional, you know, governmental fairness. That is not what we need. What we need in Nigeria is not I say it again, it is not true federalism. What we need in Nigeria is not each region going its own way. Many of these regions, if they are granted their own way. After four years, they will not want to stay their own way. I can assure you. And right now, there is a word that has gone forth from the mouth of God. It said, I have sworn by myself, and the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness. What does that word say? To me, every knee we bow, and to me, every tongue we swear allegiance. They will say of me, only in the Lord, are righteousness and strength. That is, there is no prosperity There is no progress. There is no justice. There is no safety. There is no equity for anybody. Outside the reign of Christ Jesus, you will not find it. So if you have one you want to go after, say this is where our safety will be, God said, I will judge it because it's an idol. And in any God that did not make the heavens and the earth, we perish in the time of his judgment from under the heavens and from the surface of the earth. It is not a game of chance. It's a decree that the Lord has issued. In every region of Nigeria today, I tell everybody, pastors, listen to what I want to say. God will hold you to account if you don't tell them these truths that I'm speaking today. If you ever get to church, one day, what's the name of this guy? So is that his name? worried, that's a uh, uh, revolution now. Revolution now. Listen, you can revolution anything you want. Just don't carry it to church. And any pastor that follows that nonsense, God will judge you and remove him from your pulpit. I pray you leave after that. Listen, it's nonsense. One day, one, one remember that I was talking. Talking over all you know, this hot political. She went and asked something. She said, this is the kind of message I want to be hearing from pulpits. I said, who cares the kind of message you want to hear? Who cares? I will preach it for you. Who are you? Who are you? Who cares? Who cares the kind of message you want to be hearing? Do I care? Of course the world will lie to you that you are saying what is true. If you are saying what they like. How many pastors can... Stand up in Eastern Nigeria on Sunday and say to the church, it is not Biafra we need. It is the kingdom of God we need. They are afraid. Oh, fear. And if you don't say it, God will judge you. Ah, being a minister of God. He said, if you are afraid of them, I will disgrace you before them. He said, everywhere I tell you to go, you must go. Everything I tell you to say, you must say. Why do you want to deceive people? They say we are in bondage, you want to set them into further bondage. Who told you the full man is your problem? Who told you that? Who told you President Buhari is the problem? Let me tell you the problem of every Nigerian, including every Igbo man, including every Biafran man. is called iniquity. It's called iniquity. Why don't you come to church and say, Brethren, all this noise you are hearing is rocks cracking. All this noise, political noise you are hearing is fire burning. All these rocks the noise you are hearing, you understand, is um, is an earthquake. What you need is to hear the sound of a gentle blowing, the still small voice that will say to you, repent. You know, I was in my Bible yesterday, and something don't on me. Israel was in bondage, through false. Romans were over them by force, through Oh, yes, yet. ha <laughs> yet. John came and said, who warned you to flee from the judgment to come? I said, John. Oh, so this is not judgment. This is only warning." I was in my Bible. He just don't know me. They came for baptism. He said, brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the judgment to come? I said, John, what were you saying? That what you have seen that you call bondage and oppression is nothing. When the judgment of God comes, he will call out, rocks fall on us. Why won't pastors mount the pulpit on Sundays and say this to my brethren in this region? Listen. Right now, I can tell you something. The anger of God has boiled over over the whole earth. Not only Nigeria. Over the whole earth. Last two weeks, 4Q in London. Now, what is making me laugh is that people are dismissing like okay? it's a small thing. I say you don't understand. Now, so they take that too. Uh, After all, in Nigeria too, there was a time there was nothing like this. It started small, small, which is a just temporary thing. When the anger of the Lord rises up against you, you go. This is a joke. It Starts with 4Q. Next thing is the medical queue. I'm telling you. Next you go here, say never take life for London. Two weeks they don't get light. Everybody will just assume, say, na-joke, na-joke. Before he knows how it becomes normal. It's called the wrath of God. He breaks the staff of bread. He does it. It's <laughs> something like he does. Right now, second-hand cars, used cars in America, they are so expensive. Toyota, Camry, brand new. It's like $30,000, dollars thereabout, about. $35,000, dollars they about. You now sell a six-year-old not, I only say, uh, Highlander, $37,000, forty dollars if you push it. Then they are selling cars that are six years old. Once they are intact, $25,000. Why? They said the new ones are not available. Can you believe that? No, no. To manufacture new one is a problem. And the manufacturer said that they will be that shortage till sometime late next year. Why? They said it's a fallout from COVID. I said, God is breaking the stack of bread. And that is not a joking, the joke. I've had people prophesy. If a woman was narrating it, because this prophecy came out in 1933, to America, that the time will come, they will have a female, the man said, either president or vice president? When Hillary Clinton looked like he wanted to get the presidency, many Christians in America panicked. Then God granted four years. Then when they saw Kamala Harris, they said, could it be the fulfillment? Because the man who prophesied, there is nothing he has said that has failed. And the man said, when that happens, that he saw America like burnt out ruins all over the place. Listen, the whole world, is under divine judgment. But by God is it. They don't, they, don't, they don't provoke. They have insulted him so much, and he's angry. One of these things we have to learn how to do is to hide in the Goshen of God. I'm telling you. To hide in the secret place of the Most High. It's important. Very important. Listen. There is no safety in this earth. Nigerians should stop this nonsense. Praying for federalism. Praying for uh, true, uh, what do you call it? Uh, VAT. Don't use vats to pray. Leave that VAT. But God has made up his mind where it will go. But you know what? You can pray to align this nation to divine purpose. And that nonsense of Christians praying rubbish prayer in every corner must come to an end. We must unitedly pray one prayer. Let your kingdom come. Let's rise to our feet. Let's just pray that for one minute and close it here. I have many more things to say. Just don't have the time to say, say that. Just say, Lord, let your kingdom come. It's a simple prayer. Lord, let your kingdom come. Pray that prayer. Lord, let your kingdom come. We're not saying Udua Republic should come. We're not saying Biafra should come. We're not saying True Federalism should come. We have just one prayer, which is what? Lord, let your kingdom come. Pray that prayer. What I wanted to teach, the God helping me to get there later, is that the kingdom starts in a particular place inside the hearts of people. That's why we read those hearts that are on the way to Zion. In whose hearts are the highways to Zion? That's where it begins. Jesus said, "If I, by the finger of God, cast out demons in the midst, from among you, He said, then the, thing, the, the, the kingdom of God has come into your midst." He said, "If I, by the finger of God, cast out demons, then that kingdom has come." That is, the kingdom is birthed in an individual. The kingdom is birthed, first of all, in people. Pray that prayer. Lord, let your kingdom come. Lord, let it be birthed in me first. There's one in Yoruba's song, I sang one of our messages, I think it's training to rain. That song says, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let it start in my life. Let your authority start in my life. That's how it begins. I remember the song Baba ye le jeki jo bare jo barede Baba ye je jo bare ho ka re bere lori mi ka bere lie me Kashere bere lori mi ka bere Sing that song if you know the meaning. If you don't, what does it say? It says, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your rule, let your authority, let your power, let your reign begin in my life. That's the summary of that song. That's what we need to be praying. Remember, when John was saying, who wants you to flee from the judgment to come? They were already in distress. They were already headsmen attacks. There was banditry everywhere. ESN was shooting people too. There was corruption in government. The value of the currency was down. Yet he said they were running from the judgment to come. What does that tell you? The judgment really hasn't come. It was warming up. Like we said, the judgment was he doing press up. But when it begins like that, it's time to repent. So that it's not released upon us. We can still escape. That's why John, John came with the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. We can still escape. Say, Lord, grant me repentance that leads to salvation. It's an important prayer, hey, because there are different aspects of of life we need to repent. Say, Lord, grant me that repentance that leads to salvation. Grant me that repentance that leads to salvation.
1: Let's pray that prayer for like um, another 45 seconds and say, Lord, grant me repentance that leads to salvation. Harding not your heart, let's open up to God and say, Lord, indeed, let your kingdom come in my life. Let's rain, rain in my heart. Yes, rain in my heart. Rain in my heart. Or maybe there's somebody that you need to pray for that's not born again and you want that person to be snatched from the judgment that is to come. Just pray for that person. Say, Lord, I pray for this person and I ask that the light of God will shine in the heart of this person, that this person will understand truth And like Noah cried and, you know, some people thought he was joking until the judgment came. Oh, Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for giving us truth. Thank you for light. Blessed be God forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord.